Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you'll be encouraged with the message today. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you once again. Uh, I've had some really busy weeks, if not months, and uh, I've missed church, so it's good to be back, and uh, I just want to thank Brother Martin for the word he shared last week. Uh, I think I, I really, I like the fact that he emphasized on the issues of mental health, which I think are neglected quite a lot in the body of Christ, but they're the issues that people are struggling with, and yet uh, there are, there is help out there. But also there is help in the word of God. Amen? Amen. So we just want to thank God for the word that we had last week. Today, I want to share, I think I want to start sharing some lessons from the life of uh, Moses uh, in the Bible. And uh, we'll look at three things today. And after we finish looking at those things, we are going to take some time to just pray about uh, those issues. As you know, we are entering into a season of fasting and prayer. And uh, so on the 1st of December, which is Wednesday this week, we are going to gather here at church at quarter to five to around quarter to six so that we can have time of prayer together in the evening and then we can go home. But we'll be meeting every day, and I believe that in this month that we are coming in, the Lord will minister to us in a special way. Amen? Amen. Um, I go. I received the theme for the fasting and prayer, and uh, the theme is that for both fasting and the month of December is a new era. It's a new season. Amen. Amen. So we believe that God wants to take us into a new season. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, in Isaiah 43, verse 19 to 20, in the New International Version, the Bible says, See, I am doing a new thing. Amen. You need to believe that God is doing a new thing in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to believe that we serve a God who honors his word, who watches over his word, to perform it in your life. Amen. And the word continues now. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? So as we come into this season, you need to perceive. You need to expect. You need, you need to have a heart of expectation that God is about to do a new thing in your life. Amen. 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 And it continues and says, I am making a way in the wilderness. We may have gone through wilderness seasons of life. But the Lord is saying I'm making a way in that wilderness. And the reason why we believe that is because seasons of life the wilderness seasons of life they do not only happen once. They, they kind of come and go, come and go, come and go. But every time the Lord takes us through a certain season, it's a testimony on its own that he is able to do what he has done before in another season that we're going through. Amen. 
Amen? I, I love it. Right now, it's been very hot. And all of a sudden, the rains came. And it is... The, the heat is not as it was the past few weeks. Amen. And uh, now, all of a sudden, the mud has come. And then it will go. Then winter will come. Seasons that we go through in life, they do not remain exactly like that forever. Amen. We serve a God who is able to do what only he is able to do. Amen? Amen. And he says, I make streams in the wasteland. So if you feel like your life has been wasted, God is saying, I'm about to do a new thing in your life and through your life. Hallelujah. And you better, you better believe that God is going to do the things that he says he's going to do. So I want to encourage all of us, let's come together in the month of December that we just pray together. We just seek God's face. Amen. Amen. Pastor Sunga, when he was leading prayer this uh, morning, he talked about the things we watch, the things we listen. You know, the things, if you listen about sickness and sickness and sickness and sickness, all of a sudden, in your body, you begin to feel sick. Amen. But if you listen more and more and more to what the word of God says, all of a sudden, you begin to have faith. Amen. And the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. So we need to soak ourselves in God's word. And the Lord will do that which he has promised to do in our lives. Amen. Amen. So let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. And we are going to read verse 24 to 27. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 to 27. Seven. We want to begin to look at some lessons from the life of Moses. So the title today is Lessons from the Life of Moses. If you want, you can add from the life of Prophet Moses. But I just titled it Lessons from the Life of Moses. Life is not a mystery. Because there are others who have gone before us, who made right decisions, and we can see how their life turned out. And then there are also others who made wrong decisions, and we can see how their life turned out. So that should be a lesson enough for us. That when we are going through a moment, a season of life, like what they are going, they went through. The choice is ours to decide what decision do I need to make in this situation. Because the end result will exactly be the result which they gotten before. The result which they got. And that's exactly what's going to happen in our lives. Amen. Amen. So the Bible in New International Version, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son 
of Pharaoh's daughter. We need to come to a point in life whereby we grow up. Amen. We cannot continue being babies forever. We need, we need to grow up. And, and, and Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I did things like a child. But he says, now I have grown up. So he says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, when he had grown up, the things he accepted when he was young, he didn't accept them when he grew up. Amen? Amen. There was a sense of reason in his heart that made him, no, 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 no. I cannot continue behaving and doing things like this. I get amazed with uh, those of us who are parents and our children. There was a time when our kids, all of us, all of us are parents in this room. When our kids were young, we used to tell them, go and do that, go and do that, go and do that, go and do that. And they would go and do. And sometimes when they do something wrong, we would go and quote the Bible says, the Bible says, spare not the rod from a child. <laughs> so we would not spare the rod. But you know, later on they begin to grow up and they become of age. And you tell them, you need to do this. And they go like, I think we need to discuss first. <laughs> And you begin to wonder, well, what has just happened? This is a child that I used to say, go and go and go. But now they say, no, we need, we need to talk. And, and, and it's amazing. I have seen it with a lot of people. That their daughter, later on in life, especially the fathers, and even the mothers, they begin to call their daughter, am I? <laughs> and you're wondering... You are the one who gave birth to her. And now all of a sudden, you have started calling her mom. And even your son, you begin to, to call her bambu. You know, you, you, you begin to, you, you just realize they have grown up. But there are others, they don't deserve to be called bambu. They don't deserve to be called amai. Because they are still behaving as a two-year-old. So the Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What did he choose? It's amazing. When he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, verse 25 says, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin. These things you do when you grow up. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. These things, these things you choose to say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go for the pleasures of sin. I am going to go by this even though it sounds unpopular. Hallelujah. Amen. These things you do when you what? When you grow up. I'm almost, almost changing the title now to say grow up. <laughs> Verse 26. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Amen. Verse 27. 
by faith. He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. It matters what you see. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So what we're going to do is, we're going to look at these four verses. Uh, are they three or four? Four. We're going to look at these four verses. We'll break them down and then we'll take some time to pray. Verse, uh, verse 24 to 25. Lesson number one. I want you to write these lessons down. Lesson number one. If you are going to be good at anything, accept short-term payment. Amen. So you should write, if I am going to be good, so don't tell me. Uh -uh. I'm the one telling you. So you should write, if I am going to be good at anything, I must accept short-term payment. I've just said it, accept short-term payment. Amen? Amen? The Bible is telling us that when Moses had grown up, he refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. The question is, where was Moses living? Moses was living in the palace. He was living in the palace. He had everything provided to him. He had everything at his disposal. And he was called a prince. And people admired him. There were people who were actually saying, how much I desire. Be like Moses. But the Bible tells us somewhere along the line something happened. And the Bible is telling us that which happened, he got to know God. Pharaoh, he could see, God, he couldn't see. And, and, and then he says, when he had this faith in God, one day he made a decision and said, I refuse. To be called the grandson of Pharaoh. And people must have said, you must be very stupid. You must be very foolish. And it's amazing what Moses is choosing. In verse 26, the Bible says, he chose to be mistreated. To be ill-treated. Now, anywhere there is mistreatment or ill treatment, you feel pain. You feel pain. And he says he chose to be ill treated and mistreated along with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. I would like to say this morning that pain is part of life. Hallelujah. Amen. All of us gathered in this room right now, the reason why I can see you and the reason why you can see me 
And the reason why I call you my friend and you call me my friend, your mother had to go through pain in order for you to be born. And there is no birth without pain. There is no birth without pain. If you're going to give birth to anything in life, be ready to go through pain. If you don't want to go through pain, you will give birth to nothing. Hallelujah. You will give birth to nothing. Your life will just be a life. You will just have come on planet Earth to add to the numbers. But there will be absolutely nothing. If you want to become good in sports, be ready to go through pain. If you really want to become good, even in finances, be ready to go through pain. If you want to become good in relationships, many be ready to go through pain. Even if you want your marriage to be a great marriage, be ready to go through pain. Because the way we are as individuals, we are born selfish. It's very easy to be me, myself, and I. But, but any great marriage, for instance, is as a result of hard work, and the hard work is hard work for years. Any great marriage. Anybody who desires to become great in life, they have to go through pain. Nothing in life comes easy. And, and sometimes it breaks my heart because I think for my generation, we're doing a great disservice to our children. Amen. There's a gentleman, I watched a clip yesterday after a friend shared with me. And the gentleman says, my grandfather walked 15 kilometers. My father walked 5 kilometers. I drive a Cadillac. My son drives a Mercedes-Benz. My grandson will drive a Ferrari. And my great-grandson will walk again. And the reason, and he says you need to raise warriors. I think my generation, because we didn't like so much what your parents were doing to us, which was part and parcel of training, we have made it very easy for our children. The, the generation we are raising doesn't know pain. They don't want to wash, they don't want to wash plates, they don't want to sweep. Actually, I, I can guarantee that the majority of our children don't know how to sweep the yard. <coughs> they don't know that you wake up in the morning, you take a broom, you sweep the yard. They don't know. Tell them to cook. You'll be amazed what they'll cook. And when somebody is trying to teach them, to teach the children to cook, it's called you're abusing the children. If, 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 they come, if somebody comes to your house on a Saturday morning 
and see your child with a broom sweeping at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., they'll say, you are abusing the child. Because they, for a very simple reason, you want them to walk again. The reason why they walk again is because that generation destroys everything. I was sharing with somebody yesterday, I said, some of us know what poverty is. We grew poor. We grew up very, very poor. And there were others who were very poor than us our poor. So even the poverty was in degrees. <laughs> but you know what? There were others who were children coming from places you, you, you were like, I wish I could come from a family like that. They'll come on a Mercedes Benz. They'll come on a certain type of a car. And for me to know things like there's even meat which they put in a tin and they call it beef. Actually, I never knew that beef is meat. We saw it from others. We saw, we saw it from others and, and we were like, man. <laughs> the majority of those people, because their parents made it very, very easy for them and they never knew life, today they are walking. But those who were doing very well, and they trained their children that nothing in life comes easy. Those children are still flying today. Amen. Nothing in life comes easy. Amen? Amen? Many of the problems we go through in life is because of our inability to delay gratification. We want it, and we want it now. now. We want it now. And now, everything has come, so everything is fast these days. There's pompo pompo. <laughs> There's fast food. These days, if you don't want to cook at home, it's very simple. You can go and stock up pre-cooked meals and just have a microwave and every time you just warm it and eat. And the response is going to be, Kunye no mm -hmm. Eating is eating. Mm -hmm. Have I died? Have I died? <laughs> no, you haven't died. But I also know that some really nice food, you sweat yeah. for it. And so, so I, I want us to become a people that we can delay gratification. Do we admire other people? We do. If, if we can come in church and say, ah, I admire nobody, you're a liar. We admire shoes. Have you ever admired shoes? We admire shoes. We admire dresses. We admire other people's sofa. We admire other people's houses. We admire other people's children. Those children you admire, it has taken those parents a lot of pain to raise them to become what they have become. Amen. That marriage which you admire, it has taken a lot of pain for them to be where they are today. 
Amen? They had to delay some things. You cannot give a cell phone to a two-year-old girl, boy. And you say, no, I said I'm a game. Which games? <laughs> there, there's some things you need to, to, to wait. Let, let the kid go to secondary school before you buy them the first mobile phone. And you, and you make them work for it, actually. So we'll get you a job, you get you, and then you go and buy the phone you want. But you buy an iPhone for a two-year-old girl, a boy. You know what? You're preparing your great-grandsons to walk. Amen. And I say with hot good no, that's all I'm saying. But I'm saying there is a need for us to develop delayed what? Gratification. If you choose the hard to do the hard thing right now and put in the effort to learn, to grow, to become strong, to become mature, I can assure you one thing. You will benefit from it later in life. Amen. You will surely benefit. God is not going to duke you. Mo Moses, when, he was, when he, he was refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to be mistreated, along with the children of God, the Bible says, there is no man born on earth who is greater than Moses. And he says, the children of Israel knew my ways. And then Moses knew my what? Huh? He knew his acts, but Moses knew his ways. So, so all the children of Israel knew was Jehovah. They just knew miracles. They just saw all these things. But he says, Moses knew his ways. Now, the person whom you know their ways is because they are your friend. Can two walk together unless they agree? So when I, when I, if I can be able to say you can conclude that light on did it made the right So Moses, Moses by refusing that because of the evidence of things not seen. Because of the substance that he was hoping for. The Bible tells us that he says, no, 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 no. I'm refusing that. I want to hold on to something else. I will go through the pain. But the Bible says, this man, for that reason, God says, you will know my ways. Let every other man just know my acts. But you will know my ways. And God says, I will make you greater than any other man on planet earth. But you know the greatness of Moses. The Bible tells us that also made him to be the most humble person on planet earth. There are some people who are great and they are arrogant. And there are some people who are great and they are humble. Hallelujah. Amen. So the problem is not greatness. 
But the problem is, whose ways do you know? Hallelujah. And in all these things, for instance, you, if, if you don't want to live a life of debt, one of the things you do is, you just delay gratification. Don't, don't be taken up because I know there is uh, some black something happening right now. And, and everybody, everybody else is busy, 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 busy. You know what? I can, I'll tell you something. This is a very simple advice. If the things are cheap today, they'll be cheap again next year. And maybe next day they'll even be cheaper. Because they may be, maybe there'll be no more COVID. This year maybe they're very, they're cheaper, but they're not cheap. Hallelujah. You, you, serving, if, if you want to serve in life, it requires discipline. Hallelujah. Things like tithing, it requires discipline. But I can assure you, you develop a life and a habit of tithing. I can assure you, the Lord will one day honor you. Amen. And he may honor your children. If you would make a decision and say, I am going to live a life of honoring God, I can bet God will one day honor you. But it requires what? A lot of discipline. And you need to delay what? Gratification. Amen. Amen. Don't. The peer pressure is not only for the teenagers. Even us adults go through peer pressure. Even us adults. It's, it's just degree and level. My level of peer pressure right now is different from the level of peer pressure for my son and my daughter. But all of us go through peer pressure. My peer pressure right now can be a house. So it, it can be it's peer pressure. <laughs> They, 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 they are building a house. Mm. We haven't built. Mm. Oh, they are, you see, they bought a Benz last year. And now they are bought a Cadillac. And now they are, they are walking, go, they are going towards walking. Yeah. <laughs> they are not doing the right thing. You know what? You can ride a minibus. The people who ride minibuses are not sinners. If, if your car has broken down and you don't have money to hire a car, go and ride a minibus. Mm. Don't go to every car hire. Mm. Like, oh, no, I know things work and therefore I'll pay. No, that money could have gone towards the sinners. Delayed. saints. He chose to be mistreated. Let, let them say what they can say and say, ah, now he has joined the group 
of riding minibus. It's fine. Now he has joined a group of steel though. It's okay. It's okay. Hallelujah. These are key principles of life. Everybody else, all your friends are getting married. That is not a reason for you to make a stupid mistake. Amen. You know what? God will honor you. Amen, church. Amen. God will honor you. And, and, when, and when I say God will honor you, God will honor you. Amen. If you have made some mistakes along the way, that is not a reason for you to continue making mistakes. Mm -hmm. So you're like, I, I was foolish. I, things were not going okay in my head, so I messed up. But you know what, God? I, I just want to carry on with you. Mm -hmm. And he will honor you. Amen. 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 Even manage the groups that you are in for banking corner. Cannot be in 55 banking conduct groups. How much money do you earn? It will put you in trouble. Belong to one or two. If you want to have groceries groups, women, belong to one. All of them are groceries by the end of the day. But, but sometimes we spread ourselves too thin. And, and for one simple thing, status. Status. It should also be seen for me, this is a weender. This is weender. And the only answer for that is, it is well. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's okay. It's okay. That's lesson number one. If you're going to be good at anything, if you're going to become great in life, accept short-term pain. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two. Number two. Choose God's values if you want God to use you. Mm. Amen. In verse 26, the Bible tells us, he regarded, he considered the disgrace. He considered, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And that was a life-shaping resolution. The Bible, the Bible is telling us that when Moses, when Moses was making these decisions, he didn't make them in a vacuum. He sat down and he thought. And he's saying, look here, I'm going to make What do I really truly value? And in the midst of Egypt, he chose one thing, God's values. Says, I'm going to live for God. I get a mess, I get a mess, that all of us, most times, 
I have said it many times in my life, even when I was young. And, and my cry before God was, Lord, use my life. Lord, use my life. And, and I was even adding to that prayer, not just use my life, use my life for your glory, Lord. Amen. Use my life for your glory. But I didn't know that it would require me making very best decisions. So for instance, you choose and say, I'm going to live a, a life of integrity. It's not easy. I'm going to live a life of compassion. I'm going to love people irrespective of. The moment you say, I'm going to love people irrespective of, you will see people. <laughs> The moment you say, I'm going to live a life of integrity, you will see temptation. The moment you say, I'm going to live a life of compassion, you will see things. So the Bible, the Bible is telling us that when Moses was making this decision, what made him to say, no, I no longer want to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. The reason why he said, I would rather be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. The Bible is telling us that he had considered disgrace for the sake of Christ to be of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. And the Bible is saying, and, and why was that the case? He says, for he was looking ahead to his reward. Faith is the evidence of things hopeful. It's a substance. It's the evidence of things that you don't see. Substance of things you hope for. My question is, what are you hoping for in your life right now? He was hoping for a reward. He knew, I live this life. One day, one day, God is going to reward me. Hallelujah. And, and, and that, that life changing, that life shaping resolution that Moses made in his life, that value-based judgment that Moses made in his life, it made God to use him for his glory. You, are, you have been crying, God, use my life for your glory. God, use my life for your glory. God, use my life for your glory. You know what? You need to make value-based decisions. Amen. You need to come up with some resolutions. Mm. Say, I choose right now the disgrace. Disgrace is of much greater value for me for the sake of Christ. Amen. 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 And people ask you why. He says, I'm looking forward to a reward. I'm looking forward to a reward. God does not promise and not fulfill. He promises and fulfills. The only thing is that he fulfills in his own time. At his own time. But it is at his terms. Hallelujah. So here, here are some two questions for you. If I was going to ask you 
and say, what matters most to you? What are you going to answer? When you sit down as a human being, what really matters most to you? If I was going to ask and say, what are your three or four values in your life? What are you going to answer? Because the issue is, can, can, can you be able to name three important values in your life? Is it love? Is it compassion? Is it integrity? Is it generosity? You know, there are some people who are generous. But they're generous because that's their value. And there are some people who are stingy. And they're stingy because that's their value. And they're even stingy with God. They forget that everything they have comes from God. If you cannot name three things, four things, that really matter to you, you cannot live by them. So until you clarify your values, you cannot live by those values. You, you need to go home today. You need to go home before the end of this year and sit down and ask yourself, what is most important to me? I, you, you know, there are some times... I'm not doing it a lot these days for some reasons. But I do I, I do consultancy. And I train people. And I sometimes when I'm training people, I would ask them a very simple question. Suppose you went to the doctor. So let me ask you today. Suppose you went to the doctor. It was a normal routine medical check. You go there, you meet the doctor, and the doctor says, yeah, but I think we need to run some tests. So they go run a test, come back, and they call you back into the doctor's room and say, the results are out. You go in there, and the doctor says, I don't know how we missed this. You have, should I mention six months to live. How are you going to live your life in the next six months? Huh? Yeah, what are you going to do? Don't tell me doctors because I don't know. <laughs> How are you going to live your life in the next six months? Tell me. Somebody who is courageous answer. You're not changing. What are you not changing? What are you not changing? The way I live my life. Yeah, how do you live your life? <laughs> Michelle, you're trying to be clever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But you know what? A lot of people tell me two things. 
they tell me, number one, I'm going to make things right with God. Number two, I'm going to make sure that I put everything in order so that when I have done it, my children, my wife, my husband should not suffer. And most of the times it ends there. So I say, what are you waiting for? If you know that what you need to do is to make things right with God. If you know that you need to put things right for your family not to suffer. People tell me, I'll go and aliens are in the Mirandu. I'll go, we'll sort out the issues, we'll forgive each other and all that. And, 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 and I discovered that people want to die clean. <laughs> And then I say, okay, so how on a minute. What are you waiting for? Why, why don't you go and resolve the issues? You are waiting to be told you have six months to die. The challenge is that you may not be told. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So you need to sit down and say, what is most important to me? What is most important to me? What are my top values? Because if you don't, the challenge of life is, if you don't decide what is most important to you in your life, other people will decide for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And you end up living your life based on their values and not your own values. Amen. And a lot of us live a fake life. Mm. We live a fake life. I value my family, but what you do is going that way. Your family is going that way. I value God. God is first in my life. But the way you live your life, it's amazing. I have a friend one day we were talking and he said, Madam, I just want you to imagine that one day all of us who go to church in your life, we will make a decision that tomorrow, whether is it, at, it is at school, whether it is at work, I'll go to work tomorrow, I'll go to school tomorrow, I will do, just for one day, do the right thing. He says, what do you think will happen? So I was like, tell me. He says, I can assure you things will be different. So if I delay in approving things, because I want people to go through pain, I say from today, only for today, I don't want them to go through pain. <laughs> approve things. Okay. Yes. Only for today, I'll be nice to my wife. <laughs> Even if she says, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Only for today, I'll be nice to my husband. Even if he says, nah. <laughs> only for today, I'll be nice to this one, I'll be nice to that one, I'll be nice to that This is all I'll do, only for today. And he says, you will be amazed what will happen. 
decision. Because if you don't decide what is most important in your life, you will live your life based on other people's values. Other people will decide how you have to live your life. But there is nothing most important in life than to live our life for God. There is nothing more important in life than to live a life that is used for God's glory. But you know what? It's based on lifelong resolutions. You need to make value-based judgment. Hallelujah. Number three. In verse 27, the Bible says, By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He left Egypt by faith. He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses had every reason to be afraid. Because when he went before Pharaoh, in that time, Pharaoh was the most powerful man on planet earth. Even today, people talk about that one is the most powerful man. And there's a battle that goes on between presidents of nations in order for them to be known as the superpower. The reason is because they want to be the most powerful man. When most powerful men come, for instance, if they want to come into town here, they can jam all our internet and all our network. Because they are in town, we cannot be able to use phones. <laughs> they, they will jam. They will jam the whole thing. The most powerful man has come on planet Earth, has come to Malawi, and they will jam everything. Everything. Internet will be jammed. Network will be jammed. For that period that they are around in town, Airtel will not make money. TNM will not make money. Nobody will make money. Even the banks will be telling you system is down. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Pharaoh was. He was not only the most powerful man. Pharaoh was considered to be a god. And whatever Pharaoh said was a law. And God tells Moses, go to this man and tell him, let my people go. And he goes to him and says, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. God is saying, let his people go. And, and the reason why Moses did that was because he made an intentional resolution not to live his life by fear. That's lesson number three. You have to make a decision. I am not going to live my life by fear. Amen. He had every reason to be afraid. The choice that you're going to make in life is either live your life by faith or either live your life by fear. When, when Pharaoh was busy talking to Moses, talking to Moses, talking to Moses, it was to make Moses afraid. 
And, and you and I know, every decision we have made because of fear, is much of it. It doesn't end well. But the decision that we have made by faith, God honors it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. So, so you need to make a choice. Say, how am I going to live my life? And you only have two choices, by the way. You either live your life by faith, or you either live your life by fear. So let's assume you have made a choice that you're going to live your life by faith. And living your life by faith means you make a decision, I'm going to get serious about living for God. My life being used by God the way God wants to use me. There's one thing I will guarantee will happen. People will oppose you. Very good example. Fasting is beginning on Wednesday. And you make a decision. I will go for prayer every evening. I can guarantee you one thing. There will be opposition. Can somebody check for me? Every time you make a decision, I'm going to live for God. I'll have my life used for God's glory. There will be opposition. And there will be even other people that are going to come and pour cold water on your vision, on your dreams. And Satan is going to throw everything, everything he can throw at you to keep you from fulfilling your calling. I've come to discover three reasons uh, uh, pe people come into our lives on three bases, for lack of a better word. There are people who come into our life for a season. And there are people who come into our life for a reason. And there are people who come into our life for a lifetime. So sometimes, don't cry too much when some people leave your life. Amen? Amen. Maybe they came for a reason. It's a teaching I will do separately. But I want because I need to, I, I need you to understand that the one you can depend on most is God. Some come for a reason. And when the reason has been fulfilled, they leave. There are others who come for a season of life. Your season of life. And after that season is over, they will just misbehave. You even say, And they're gone. But there are some people who come into our lives for a lifetime. So one of the reasons why very few people actually fulfill God's calling is because they are not willing to go against popular opinion. Amen? If you want... To follow God's calling for your life, you must be willing to reject negative advice irrespective of who is giving you that advice. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. No matter who it comes from. 
I even tell people sometimes, I say, look here, if my advice is not based on what the word of God rejected, because I may be in the illusion of thinking that I'm a Ahithopel. But one day when Ahithopel joined Abyssalom, David prayed to God and says, Lord, when Ahithopel gives advice, it's as if God is speaking. But today, make his counsel foolishness. So, what do you need to do? The closer you get to God, the more you'll be filled with faith. The further you are away from God, the more you're going to be filled with fear. One of the things that happen every time when we fast and pray, we get closer and closer and closer to God and things happen. The more we are away, favor and favor and favor away from God, the more we are filled with fear. Amen? Amen. So the importance of fear for the rest of your life cannot be overemphasized. That's the only thing you can live with. The Bible says, what is not of faith is sin. So, here's a question. How many times did you sin this week? I missed it. I sinned plenty. Because there's some things I've done this week which I did not do them by faith. I did them by doubt. And the Bible says that is sin. And the Bible also says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the question would be, how many times did you please God this week? Hallelujah. Amen. How many times did you please God this week? If you really, really want things to change in your life, you need to stop complaining. Start believing. Start believing that God is able to reward those who diligently seek Him. Start believing that. Start complaining. Oh, God, God, why me? Why you? Why? If, if He doesn't need so who? And you know, when you are walking with God, you go through trials. But those trials... God will use them for your, his glory. Amen? Amen? I actually, you'll be able to say, I thank God I went through that. I didn't know he was preparing me for this. There's nothing that God does in our life for no reason. The betrayals you've gone through, there's a reason. The pain you have gone through, there's a reason. Amen. The disappointments you have gone through, there's a reason. Amen. The discouragements you have gone through, there's a reason. As long as you didn't cause it yourself. Because <laughs> you can say amen. <laughs> and then you caused it. If you caused it, you learn from that. Hallelujah. As long as you didn't cause it yourself. What I have known about God is that God is not moved by complaints. He will never. You can complain the way you want to complain. You will never move God. 
God is moved by faith. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, the Bible says, According to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith. Your faith has a great impact on what God does in your life. Amen? Amen. And what matters is not the size of the faith, but the size of our God. Amen? A little faith in a big God gets you big results in life. What I want you to do today is I want you to trust God. Amen? I want you to trust God. Three reasons, three lessons we have learned today from the life of Moses. Lesson number one, if you are going to be good at anything, if you are going to become great in life, you must accept short-term pain. Delay gratification. Number two, choose God's values if you want God to use you. You need to go home today and ask yourself, what is most important to me? What are my values? And begin to live by those values. And they have to be godly values. Because if the values are not godly, God is not going to use you. Amen? Amen? And number three is that Moses made some intentional resolutions about how to live his life. And the resolution was to live by faith and not by fear. I want us to stand and just pray for some uh, five minutes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.